what it is, what it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71. Today is February 17th, 2018, and you are tuned in to Episode 5 of Season 2 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. digital studio we got my partners in crime the bay area terror himself des the nemo six what's going on my friend not much how are you guys everybody very happy to be here and thank you again for tuning in all right all right and also we got joe fongul the food max of gaming who will maximize your gaming dollar what's going on bro not much, man. Just uh, grateful to be over the cold I had a couple of weeks ago. I'm feeling A-OK, a three-day weekend. I'm ready to get stuff taken care of around the house. You know, I hate to say it, but that's, that's that's my agenda, at least. And throw some trades in the mix, man. Trades. So, yeah. Trades! Yeah, you were doing trades. How did that go? I didn't do any trades. I didn't leave the house yet. So, oh, you know. well, that's after this then. <laughs> yeah, I sure. did. I did some early this morning. I actually have uh, picked up uh, some of the uh, uh, bait that you clued me into uh, yesterday during our Monster Hunter session there, Joe. So I picked them up. I'm going to tie that in with some stuff that I'm not playing right now and uh, trying to get a little get a little coin together with our friendly neighborhood GameStop <coughs> later on this afternoon. Yeah, that's good because, you know, you know, we do this podcast not out of love, not out of free codes for games or anything <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> so we, we got to work at it, you know, yeah. <laughs> you are getting you're giving you're getting everything you're getting everything out of this podcast that you put into it. You know, all of your money, you're getting a, a great return on your investment there. <laughs> <laughs> I like we can't get bought off, but I doubt that. But yeah, we we are for sale. We are for sale. We <laughs> done, 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 done. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't say we want we're gonna be you know twelve years a corporate slave for anybody necessarily, but you put enough you put enough zeros on that check and we can talk. He has a point, y'all. Uh, uh, yeah, season two, episode six, uh, the like you know two hour blowout on the engage. <laughs> and side talking and the whole nine yards. Yes. I could see it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but folks, we're uh, we're going to jump right into it. We've got we've got a topic that I don't think we've covered in our last season. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about bias, and a special shout out goes to. Isaiah 6 8, uh, who was the inspiration for this topic. Uh, we we're going to get into his feedback a little later on in the show. But uh, for our main event, we're going to talk about gaming bias. I'm going to jump into that right now. So, um, Here's what I was thinking about this topic. I'm not. I'm, we're not going to get into the politics of professional gaming journalism. I think that's a that's a dead horse that's been very very well beaten. A whole lot of bunk involved in that. But what I want to focus on 
with regard to gaming bias uh, for the most part in this discussion is our own individual biases. And what I mean by that is be it a system, be it a game, be it a gameplay mechanic, um, all of the different things that um, kind of are coalesce into what type of gamer we are. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about how we got to that point. Meaning, say, if someone may like JRPGs, another person may like Western RPGs. Some per- Someone may uh, prefer action games, and someone may prefer real-time strategies. Uh, how do we... How What those biases, uh, both pro and con, we're going to talk about if we've ever overcome some of them. I know I have in in my gaming uh, in my gaming lifetime. Um, uh, for a long time, I couldn't stand uh, turn based combat in my RPGs. Hated it, it you know. Uh, and I can't remember. The first game that I played that really turned me off to it, but I had I had a very strong bias, and I was you you come to me with uh, with a with a turn based game, I don't care how good the story is, I, you, you know you can miss me with that. I'm not sitting there going through menus and taking turns and watching a canned animations over and over for the next thirty forty however many hours it would take me to finish that game. And uh, my good friend Damon kept telling me, "Man, there's this game called Persona. This game called Persona. You need to check it out. You need to check it out." And I was like, "No, no, no. It's turn. It's it's turn based." I watched him play, and I was always, you know, kind of into or intrigued by the the little bits of the story that I would glean from just watching him play for a little bit. And it wasn't until uh, Persona Four Golden was announced for the Vita. I said, uh, you know what? All right, um, I'll take a look at it, and it completely changed my impression of what turn-based games were supposed to be. Now, did it totally take those mechanics and flip them over on its head? No, it didn't. But it added just enough interactivity in those core mechanics that made me rethink. What I, you know, what I, what I disliked about turn-based games, and I was like, you know, this the story is fantastic, the gameplay mechanics are tight. I'm actually looking forward to going into the dungeons, and it kind of switched. It kind of switched my uh, my bias. I mean, I will admit that I'm still a little bit biased toward the, toward that turn-based, but at least now, and I can. Th- it, it, the Persona games and the uh, the Valkyrie profile games, uh, being, going back to the PlayStation Two um, or Two and Three, I think um, those two series have made me question, you know, rethink and reevaluate my my impression on turn based games. So. Uh, I want to I want to throw this out to you guys. Uh, has is there a Let's start. Let's start with the con. Is there a gameplay mechanic, a game type, a game system 
what what any anything that's encompassing around this this broad term of gaming that you can think of either active right now in this current generation or in generations past that you you know you maybe tried or looked into and said you know what I'm not into this you come at me with anything from X I'm not interested and then you were introduced to a variant of X and you liked it and you like it made you rethink those biases so I'm going to toss that question out to you guys can you guys think of a a situation where your bias was turned on its head uh yeah most definitely I'll I'll definitely start that um for me it was first person type games I'm one of those people that just never really got into first person games um I don't know something about that you know looking not seeing your character you know being this immersion whatever you want to call it you know it, it i never really and still to most part enjoy uh first first person perspective in games uh whether it's rpgs whether it's uh shooters i just don't enjoy it you know um i know some people have a, a nausea it, it makes them feel sick you know they have like a nausea type thing about it um that is part of it for me, it's just I, I really have a hard time getting my bearings, you know, when things are coming at me from back and the side. And, and all the only perspective that I have is is the first person. So that is definitely one of the one of the um, genres that I just was not into. And it was I had a, a huge bias and to this point still do uh, regarding games like that. Um, again, I just can't. I just don't like it, you know, um, and there's been very few games that I've been able to uh, set that bias aside um, and actually, you know, play the game and, and you know, to a greater extent, uh, enjoy the game. Uh, one game in particular uh, was Destiny. You know, I, I never really... Um, thought that i would play destiny i played it i played the beta like destiny one i played the beta did all that um and i never uh i I never thought myself saw myself playing it and then joe got it and he was like you know hey you know i you know you really should play this it's a fun game and i was like you know it's first person i really don't think i want to um and he said, "Just you know, just just give it a try." So I said, "Okay." So I, I I did, and I tell you, it took me a long time, a long time, to get fully used to it, to the point where I was like, "Okay, you know, uh, maybe we can do this, um, and we can have a little bit of fun with it." Uh, and at this point now, I am used to playing that game, and I think you know part of it was just I just got used to doing. Uh, I got used to the mechanics. I got used to that perspective and I got pretty good at it, you know, and, but the, but again, the one thing that kept me going with it or kept it, you know, me alive was the fact that, um, I was able to play it with friends. Had I, you know, played that game by myself, I wouldn't have done it. I just would not have done it. It would not have been a thing. I would have just been like, Nope, thank you. But no, thank you. But because Joe and you and everybody was playing it, I was like, okay, let's do this. And I enjoyed it. Um, 
same thing with uh with an rpg game that was that was first person was uh was the elder scrolls you know um i started playing i got my xbox and i started playing elder scrolls uh uh what was it elder scrolls what was the one that came out for 360 joe that was everyone oblivion yeah oblivion so I, so I did Oblivion, and I was just like, you know, and because at first I was like, oh, shit, it's a first-person game. I don't want to do this. Fuck that noise. And then and, and then they were like, Joe was like, well, no, you can play this. There's, there's, there's a third-person option. I was like, what? And then I was just like, well, okay. And because I would not – that was a – that, um, that would have been a, a, a series that I would not have played had it not been for its third-person uh, perspective. I just would not have played it. Um, but after getting used to you know third person and and having played destiny um i have played other third person games and i've and i've been okay with it like i played um what did i play uh um i played fallout in third per- and sorry in first person i played um bulletstorm in third person so there're definitely other games and other another um uh, yeah, other games that I've really kind of like been like, okay, you know, I I can actually play this game and enjoy it um, as third person. But there are tons of other games that I just I just can't. So, um, Joe, what about you? What is uh what has been a uh, you know uh, a series of uh, uh, games well, or, or or thing that you can't deal with? <laughs> I guess. Uh, you know, when we first start talking about biases so i thought we we're talking about more like system biases but as far as gameplay biases it can um, be system biases too i mean it's what we're, we're looking at the broader scope of oh game. yeah well as far yeah. as as far as any gameplay i have to this day have not dabbled or tried a lot of pc strategy games on there and it's something to where um for one i didn't game on the pc for quite a bit of time i've had pcs off and on in my gaming lifetime on there um i've played like dabbled in stuff like uh, the first civilization on amiga of all platforms uh, so Sid Meier's uh, uh, Civilization, and I literally got addicted to that game on there. But it seems like, you know, I have access to a PC. I could play all the Civ games I probably want on there. Also looking at, like, um, the 4X strategy games, like all the um, Sins of the Solar Empire, um, you know, Stellaris on that. You know, I've always kind of looked at that stuff and said, I, I, I feel like I'm... <laughs> delving into a book or something you know whether i'm not i'm not giving it a fair shake on there and uh just seems like a (laughs) i know and it's tries try to figure out all the ins and outs and i just need to find a game that might be able to bridge the gap for me you know per se and see if i could actually enjoy that genre or not, but uh, pretty much uh, anything in that or anything RTS related, real time strategy related, um, I kind of tend to throw a pass. I mean, back in the day, I used to play a bit of uh, Command and Conquer, you know, or um, StarCraft, but I didn't really, you know, it's kind of almost like a tense type of uh, gameplay at the same time. And it's like, you know, I've kind of not have and have not given that genre a fair shake. 
either on there. I know there's uh, quite a bit of uh, RTS games uh, on the PC, including like, you know, the recent Warhammer games, of course, like the Dawn of War series. And um, it's something to where I know what it is. I'm aware of it. I read about it, you know, just to be aware as far as the t- those genres. But it just seems like for whatever reason doesn't have a hook in me or i just don't want to try it you know i feel like i'll i'll be overwhelmed in that feeling of of uh you know being overly immersed in something especially with the, even with the jrpgs and uh, strategy games like uh, final fantasy tactics is fine but uh, something like an ogre battle or something that has like you know up to systems you know uh, might be something to me to, uh, to be it's just like i don't know you know, so th- those are the types of genres I think uh, still to this day I'm kind of just uh, kind of leery about on that. Um, I would say sports games too, but I enjoyed sports games back in the day, uh, back in the 90s, you know, on the Genesis and, uh, yeah, me too. you know, even on that, it just seems that at, like nowadays it's like I'm, I'm not want to go play Madden or NBA Live or anything like that. I, I play a, a, a S ton of like NBA Jam, you know, or you know, NFL Blitz or something along those lines. Uh, uh, but it just for the fact that I'm not a um, sports guy. Besides baseball, I love baseball. So, and even then, I haven't really delved into a baseball sim in in quite a bit of time. You know, I, every so often I'll I will pick up MLB the Show, throw it on my shelf, and not play it. So it's like <laughs> that's another genre on there, of course. On there, as, as far as you know, at the beginning of my little topic talking about system biases, you know, if we want to circle back to that, I think that kind of really starts like when you're a kid because of the fact that you had to, you know, put put your bet on one horse in the stable, and that was the horse that you laid your money down on. So, um, and as far as you know, even when I was a kid, I mean, I remember. Atari 2600, you know, that was my first system. And so, you know, the the yokes at school that got in televisions, like, you know, I wasn't exactly throwing shade, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I preferred my Atari 2600 on there. And the same thing goes, you know, when I got a ColecoVision, you know, and so on and so forth. I don't know how you guys would uh, deal or talk about, you know, system biases in, in your lifetime on there. But, uh, you know, once you become of an, an adult, Obviously, I discovered that, hey, I could buy more than one console. You know, so. <laughs> I can I can say and I go back to that era as well. The uh, 2600 and the Intellivision era. Um, and here's just a little quick synopsis of that. Um, I went to the way, 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 way back in the day. Uh, I, it might have been can't even it, it was probably got shocks because that's where yeah uh, my mom would take me shopping that's where got shocks at fashion fair or, or the macy's remember the macy's under the 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 basement macy, macy's basement yes that was another place. yes uh, I remember that, and yes. also wine stocks. Wine, wine stocks, stocks, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the all these stores of stocks in the, in, <laughs> <laughs> or even some some place like Montgomery Ward. Oh, uh, oh, God. oh yeah. Don't, don't even get me started. Oh, <laughs> yes, Jim. I remember Montgomery Ward's. But yeah, uh, one of those stores, and I believe it was uh, Godshocks. Uh, my mom took me as as she was as we part of our you know weekly or every other weekly routine was just to get out of the house 
and hang out as a family, we'd all uh, go to the mall and just if do nothing if but window shop, just kind of walk around. And they had in the TV department, and back then, folks, uh, for you young whippersnappers, the high-end TVs were these massive pieces of furniture in, where a tube was encased, a glass tube was encased in this huge piece of wood that would either have like a record player or eight-track tape stuck in it or uh, it was just massive piece of furniture that uh, you, you – you would have to be Samson to be able to move around. Um, and uh, they had a 2600 uh, on display showing it off. I, The system probably had just come out or was well or might have been past its first year. I, I can't remember. But anyway, I saw it. I went all googly googly over it because I was already introduced to video games uh, by my brother going to the pinball arcade playing Space Invaders. So I saw that. I went crazy over it, went home, told my dad, you know, it's all I could talk about for that, that following week until the next weekend. I went over to a friend's house who just had a birthday and his parents got him a, a 2600 Later on, my mom talks to my dad. Hey, Kevin wants this video game called the Atari. My dad goes to check it out. And he says, you know what? I just have it. My dad, this is what my dad said. And this is all relayed to me years after. Uh, my dad says, you know, it's okay, but I, there's got to be something better coming along. So enter in television. Same store, Gotchocks, on display on this massive TV piece of furniture. They had Night Stalker running on uh, at, at, at running running on that TV. Uh, I played it, and it was like you know straight heroin going into going into my into my carotid artery. I was just like, <laughs> I need this in my life right now. I mean, literally, I was talking about that game for months and. I had to get in television, had to get in television. Then, you know, just in my my travels, I see, oh, there's these magazines like Electronic Gaming Monthly. And they were talking about, you know, these video, these these video games in Atari and in television and in uh, Odyssey one and Odyssey two and all these other these other things. But my focus was always on in television. Never stopped talking about it till. The Chris, that Christmas, the Christmas of that year, and it must have been 1978, 1979, I got the system and every game that came out for it that was available for it at that time. And I was just in seventh heaven. I still have my television, still have all my games. Overlays are in perfect condition. Now, going to school... After the after the Christmas holiday was over, Christmas holidays were over. My buddy Jason, we would have these back back and forth debates between which was better, the twenty six hundred or the Intellivision, and we would just have these, you know, little wars. Oh well, you don't you don't have Space Invaders, or you know, as time went on, because we come we went through elementary school together he was one of my one of my best friends at the time 
and well, you don't have space invaders. Well, you don't have uh, whatever. You don't have Night Stalker. You don't have Space Hawk. You don't have Yars Revenge. Back and forth. Da, 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 da. And it was never. It was never uh, hostile, but it was just something that we just loved to do. And I'd have my old raggedy copy of EGM from I don't know how many months ago, <laughs> and he'd have his you know dog-eared copy of. EGM from from however months ago, and we'd be pointing this this stuff out, and and kids would come around and listen to us debate, right? It, it was almost like we were politicians running for office, and we would have this these these back and forth debate debates between which is better, the twenty six hundred or the or the Intellivision, but you know, and I think you're right, Joe. Your bias comes from what you're first exposed to. Now, I the, my I played the 2600 and I really liked it. But when I played in television, in particular Night Stalker, and got the system, it's just like okay, this this is this is my this is my foundation for this hobby, you know. Yeah. This is where that cornerstone was laid, so to speak. Yeah. And you couldn't tell me that if anything else was better than that at the time, you know. Uh, now, later, as as I started going to the arcades and falling in love, becoming a, a major arcade rat and fully taking advantage of the drug scare in the late in the uh, early 80s, going into the. Um, yeah, in, in the early, in the in the early eighties, mid eighties, uh, fully taking advantage of that because my parents, okay, if you, if you want to play video, just as long as you don't do drugs, we'll we'll, and you do good in school, we'll keep you in video games. I fully took advantage of that, and uh, I probably sh- I I should be ashamed, but you know that's how I got a ColecoVision and an Intellivision and an Atari Lynx. Yeah, I wouldn't this. be. That wouldn't be like you got it. You know, yes. you didn't do drugs, so yeah. <laughs> it worked. Obviously, it worked. And then you you know you come to a point where your bias is based off what you have access to. You know, uh, I had access to those things, but at the end of the day, when I was over at Jason's house playing his Atari twenty six hundred, we didn't debate; we played. You know, we had a a ball. And when he was over at my house, he wasn't talking about which was better, you know, uh, uh, Space Invaders or or Space Battle. He was playing Space Battle right along with me. So those biases kind of change. They're ingrained in us, but they can change as we're exposed to more and more content. And it doesn't even necessarily have to challenge what we're what we're it, what, what we're more comfortable with. We it's just something that can be added to, and I, I that's that's been my that was my initial uh, system bias experience growing up as a kid. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Joe, you you want to say something? Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. I mean. Back then, I didn't care what I was playing on because it was all games to me. And even though, you know, obviously I 
has Atari 2600. I didn't throw no shade on no Intellivision or Odyssey 2 or ColecoVision. In fact, uh, even back then, my dad kind of, you know, helped me and hooked me up. And we, like, kept the box for our 20, Atari 2600. And he returned it to the store and got me a ColecoVision. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, he returned all my games too, and got got straight cash, so I could go and get a new ColecoVision. Did it that way, and uh, you know, at that point, I had a ColecoVision for a little bit of time, and I really wanted to try try the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So, guess what? We boxed that thing up, brought it back to the store, <laughs> and I bought I got an Atari Fifty Two Hundred at that point. You know, and. I think at that point in time, you know, that's when I got out of gaming for a little bit because I discovered uh, bad heavy metal, you know, at that point. But, uh, you, you know, gaming still stayed with me. I remember going through eighth grade summer and working at a school as far as part of a job program. And I bought an Atari 800 because I really wanted to play the games on the Atari 800. So it's just, uh, you know, it just depends on, you know, the way the wind blows sometimes you know and as far as uh, you know what you are into out of all the platforms that are out there and uh, you know whether that in, in basically almost in after time you know you prefer particular platforms and okay but that know. but that's a good segue then when so when did your bias when did your biases start then like if you were just happy to play anything you know, when did the biases start? Was that when 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 graphics got better, or or or, or the big console wars? I mean, when when, yeah, when did the and, biases start? If, if we're talking about console biases, you know, um, it's it's about preferences more than biases, in my opinion. I but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, we we say it's preferences because we don't want to be assholes, but some people do have biases, <laughs> you know, versus certain versus certain companies, versus games, versus uh, versus uh, um, uh, publishers. You know, like when yeah. did those start to start to start to come in? And in your opinions, you know, yeah. when did when did those start to come in? Uh, for me, I don't know. It just depends. I was a fervent fanboy, especially during my early 20s of the, the Genesis. And, you know, I had, had a Turbo Graphics, I had a Super Nintendo, but, uh, you know, I was, I was down with Sega because between Sega's arcade games and, and home console systems, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's like, you know, I was one of the ardent uh, supporters of the Saturn when the Saturn came out. And, uh, I thought the Saturn just like you know was the end all be all you know because that launch with Panzer Dragoon Daytona and uh, Virtua Fighter man oh man oh man and so that's when you you kind of entrench yourself as far as you know at one point it's like I wasn't even going to buy a PlayStation because I thought man what the hell I need this crap for you know? so I got I got a Saturn man so on that and so that's when your preferences kind of come into play and your biases kind of start uh, kind of creeping in on there obviously i didn't hold off on buying a playstation but <laughs> no you didn't um but you definitely knew what side you know your bread was buttered on you know as far as uh, uh console manufacturers even certain develop developers in a certain way too you know so like, you know, I wasn't going to pay any mind to, you know, Capcom came out of the game. Oh, hell yeah. But if Acclaim came out of the game, I'm going to be like, oh, what the hell, Acclaim? <laughs> 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 that kind of thing. You burn me once, that's fine. You burn me twice, I'm the full forgetting bird. So. <laughs> nope. It's like, nah. Um, I think for me, to that my answer to that question in my experience would be, 
Um, I think it goes, it, for me, it goes back to what you have access to. And okay. just thinking back in my, in my own experience, you know, I, my dad was not for me getting a 26. He, he, for whatever reason, he didn't think it was good. So that was not going to be something I was going to be experiencing. So when he saw, uh, when I, when I saw in television and ran and told him about it and he checked it out, by the way, folks, my dad, um, and uh, he was a, he was a closet gamer. Uh, um, there are stories that I can say I could I could uh, tell you about how I've come home from school early and caught him playing games. And he you know he's getting up as if he's been caught you know uh, doing something bad. Oh well, well, you never told me if these games worked. I bought you these games. You didn't tell me if they worked. I didn't know if I had to take them back to the store. <laughs> you know, and, Going, oh, going in this huff and 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 walking out of the room, game consoles, controllers, overlays all over my bed, all over my floor in my room, and and, and you know because he wanted to make sure that all my games work. So he was he was a closet gamer. He did not want anybody to know about it. But uh, I think it, it for me it goes back to access. You know, from and having access to Intellivision. That became my foundation, and it's like, okay, this is why this is so great. But for me, my my good friend had the twenty six hundred, and when I when I was over there, we were playing. We weren't fighting. We weren't having our debates. And like I said before, our debates were never hostile. It was all good natured jabbing and, and fun. Uh, but when he was at, when I was over at his house, or he was over at mine. There was no debating. It was gaming. Uh, moving from from that to uh, the 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 eight the the eight bit Nintendo and the Sega Master System. Um, I had the eight bit Nintendo. That was um, uh, and, and it kind of holds a special place for me because that was the last. Uh, one of the last major gifts that my father bought for me before he passed away. So that the, the Nintendo kind of has a whole lot of sentimental weight, you know, attached to it to a certain degree. And that's where, you know, Sega master system. I, I saw some of the games I, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get into it. 16-bit rolls around, 16-bit era, and we're introduced to this whole new... Sega introduces this whole new wave of of marketing. Genesis does what Nintendo... You can't do this with Nintendo. All that stuff. And, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, well, you know what? I like the Super Nintendo. I like the games, but I also like the Genesis. And by that time, by the time those systems came out... You know, I wasn't going to, you know, sit back and, and depend on my mom. Hey, mom, could you buy me Genesis? <laughs> you know, I, I was buying my own stuff, but I was also having to trade my console, my old consoles and most of my games back in order to buy the new hotness. So I was dealing with that. I didn't have the uh, the disposable income for, for multiple consoles really at that time. So... It wasn't necessary for me. It, it didn't become. It, it it didn't start to become a bias 
from regards to system until we start moving into the um, let's say the the 360 PS3 era because I've always been a multi-platform guy. Yeah, that, my bias my bias with the the Xbox. And if you've listened to me on Gamer Husbands, it's pretty well documented. I had eight red rings of death. My eighth system was literally sent fresh from the repair factory from Microsoft. I plug it in, red ring, right off the bat. Eight systems. But I, my, my gaming console spent more time in the cardboard coffins being shipped back and forth or being taken from from back to the store for the in-store replacements than they did actually than I than they did actually, you know, playing games. I, I felt I spent more time getting a replacement or trying to get it fixed than I did actually enjoying the console. And it, it you know, it, it it just got to a point where, you know what, I'm 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 sick of this. And you know, I had I had the opportunity to get a used PS3. I, I had I I was a big fan of the original PlayStation, a big fan of the of the PlayStation Two, and was not going to buy a PlayStation Three with that what was it six fifty seven hundred dollar price tag, whatever it was when it when first, first came out. Five ninety nine. Yeah, when it first came out, I was like, oh hell no. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, that's that's too rich for my blood. So mm-hmm. about a year or so after it came out. Uh, I acquired a used one and I was like, you know what? I got free online. Uh, It's got some pretty cool games that I can't play anywhere else. You know, I'm starting to really like how how this console's come together. Now, you know, the third-party games look better on the 360 for the most part. They perform better on the 360 for the most part, but it, I began to to I well I I was seeing more games that start that appeal to my tastes, like Japanese action games. You know, games like Yakuza um, started showing up. Um, even though I started out playing uh, uh, Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox and on, and again on the Xbox 360, I was seeing those games appear. I, here on on the PlayStation side, and their exclusive lineup was growing, and you know content that you can't get anywhere else. And I was like, okay, um, I'm cool on Xbox right now. I'm 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 rolling my dice on on PlayStation from here on out. And I I think it also bias comes into negative experiences with a product. And I'll say this one thing one thing, and, I, and I'll I'll shut up and throw it back out to you guys. You haven't seen bias until you've been to a old-time car show. That was another one of the things that me and my dad used to do back in the day. Uh, we used to go to car shows, and they weren't as big and, and fancy necessarily as, as they are now, particularly here in Fresno back in the, in the 70s and 80s. But you would see people... Having not not debates, but flat out arguments, Chrysler guy versus the Chevy guy versus the Ford guy, 
your 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 Barracuda is a piece of crap. My Camaro is way better. Now both of you guys, my Mustang will outperform your piece of crap Chevelle. And I, I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. There there have been the, there have been stories, and based on the behavior of what I saw from the so called adults back then, I believe it. Where. Parents were threatening to disown their children because my granddaddy drove a Ford, my daddy drove a Ford, and damn it, you're going to drive a Ford. And then little Junior goes out and finds it, finds a Chevy that's to his liking. How dare you bring that to to my into my household? I'll disown you. I, I mean, seriously, if you go, if you ever, if you've ever experienced that kind of that that environment back in the in the 70s and 80s at those car shows it's crazy and these were grown ass men arguing over corporate produced products threatening to disown their kids because someone decided you would think you would think junior brought home a black woman and said this is my wife it, it was like that you know it, it is that serious in some instances so you know that that's bias, and I think it has to do with a, a lot of the times of what you grew up with, what you had access to, and then as you grow and mature, and you find out, hey, there's a bigger world out there. You know, sometimes those biases get turned on their head, and those biases that you that you had uh, growing up with regards to certain products and you know in this case we're talking about video games or it could be cars or it could be a no, any number of consumer goods the infinite number of consumer goods that are out there on the market as you expand your knowledge base and you get a chance to get something in your hands and say hey what i thought about this product what daddy told me about you know dad told me you know these chevys were a piece of crap you know, I'm test driving this 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 Camaro, this this Vet or whatever, this Chevelle, and you know it's 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 pretty good. I like it. I think I'm gonna buy it. You know, you start making decisions for yourself. You know, when these biases may have been because you were limited to, you had limited access, or that's what mommy and daddy told you. You know, with regards to different things, so. For me, it, it, it the bias is is like from started out with access, but then it became with regards to the 360, my experiences with the product, particularly when I compared it to how much the original Xbox was just so baller, you know, that original that that OG Xbox was 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 so far ahead of its time it, it, it's not even funny it's it's to this day one of my favorite consoles their exclusive lineup was fantastic they were pushing technology far ahead of what uh, you know uh sony was doing i think was 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 sega still in the in the game on a on a limited basis with the dreamcast back then i i, I can't remember uh, I think the Dreamcast was available, but I don't know if it was if the the doors had closed by the time the original Xbox rolled out on the market. Um, uh, well, 
basically what Dreamcast came out in 1999 in the US, 1998 in Japan, and the original Xbox, I believe, didn't come out until 2002. I think at that point in time. Okay, so by um, that time, the, uh, the the Sega's console aspirations had pretty much been been snuffed out, right? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so. You know, but they were doing things like you know you needed a broadband connection and uh, for your for your internet, and they introduced online gaming, something that up to that point only people that played on PC really had any had. Well, I mean, there are other systems before it that did it, but it was far more prevalent, and, and I would argue more more accessible by those who were on the on the PC side of things. And they brought it and built on what you know companies like uh, the, the the Sega the Sega Network started, and you know even before then go if you really want to go back the, there was an, a limited introduction of M Network, which in television introduced that was never fully commercially released that was allowed you to play certain games across your uh a, a modem a broad a, a modem of you know your tell your telephone um that was something that that had a very 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 limited introduction i don't think it ever hit any of the stores per se it was just something that they were trying to put out there but the intellivision uh the the market dropped out of games and so that put the kibosh on that but you know they really built on what others started and they put out this this fantastic console with great games and network play and you know relatively easy network play for the time and you know compared to going that going with that and and it how great overall great the 360 was and then I get hit with all these red wing red rings you know it just really soured me on that so I, I think that's for me how my biases were kind of uh, forged at that time. So, Des, did you want to? Were you going to say something? I couldn't remember. I, I've been blabbing for a while. No, no. Sorry I just wanted that. to second. I just wanted to second what you were talking about. You know that OG Xbox. I was full on. Now I had a bias. I'm not going to lie. I had a bias for the Xbox. I thought the Xbox could do no wrong. I thought, you know, the PlayStation was for the masses, you know, and, and if you really wanted to play games, you played an mm-hmm. Xbox. You know, you, you that was, <laughs> that's where it was, you know. That's that's where it was. And and, and that was my bias, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, it for me it was and it was weird. I don't know why I felt this way. It was just you know, just being me being young and being silly. But there was like a there was like a hierarchy. It's like it's like you had you had um what was it? You had Nintendo, which is for everybody and they mama. Then mm. you had, you know, Sony, which was for like, you know, the, the, the casual gamer. And then you had Xbox and Xbox was where it was. You know, you, you got an Xbox because it had the, it had the, it had the games, it had the graphics, you know, it was serving up hardcore. Just, yeah. You know, and, and so I got an Xbox, of course. And I know Joe's sitting here being all silent and stuff, but Joe was like, now nah, get an Xbox, man. It's, 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 that's the gaming system. You know, that's, that's the one you got to get. And I was like, all right, because Joe was there, you know. So Joe was, you know, he he was, you know, it was like Xbox, hot fire, get it. And I was like, all right. So I got an Xbox, you know. So 
So no. Joe's sitting over here silent, but now nah, he's he was he was letting me know. No, I don't. I, I can't say if he was being biased to it or not. He was just like you know, you know, Xbox is where it is. Like if anything, if it all, if you, one thing you need to know about Joe is Joe is very analytical and 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 tries to be very 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 even killed in his in his thoughts about about video games and his and his purchases. It's very weird. It's just, not weird. It's just something that I've noticed about about because of how long I've. I've um, I've known him, you know. And that's just what he does. Is he 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 weighs options, pros and cons for, for things, you know. So so for him to be, that's why I think it's very interesting because I I think, you know, Joe for the most part is not very biased about about much of anything when it comes when it comes to video game. He's very open minded. So it's like so I always I always you know have talked to him you know about you know, these games or what I thought about games or, or, or stuff like that, because I, I'll get a, you know, a very honest opinion from him. So, so it's just very funny, you know, that, that we're talking about, you know, about biases and, 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 oh. and what, and, and, and what it, what it, like how it affects people. Um, back then uh, with that generation, I was very, I wouldn't say angry, but just kind of, Thought that Sega pretty much had their. Um, oh, I didn't have to totally forgot about Sega. Yeah, they. I don't yeah, know they, they, they kind of got blackballed, and, and just the way Sony kind of approached the whole introduction of the PlayStation Two and the whole thing about you they know the Toy Story, off, rubber ducks, and all this other crap. They, you know, they like CG videos. <laughs> they, they, Sony, Sony came in there and assassinated them. Like that's pretty much. That's what I believe. Like they were like, oh, that's cute, slice. <laughs> Yeah, the whole, whole thing buddies. about uh, hold my EA, beer. <laughs> whole thing about EA not supporting Dreamcast whatsoever. You know, no Madden on the system, anything like that. That's how it started old with the old Sega Sports versus EA thing at that point in time. Even Which with the Saturn bias, you know, people people hear about you know these these you know quote unquote shady things that 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 they're doing, and it's like, well, you know, you know, fuck them. I'm not going to do anything with them because because of how they treat. You know how they treated this company, or 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 or, or, or this uh, franchise, or this publisher. You know, yeah, that, that those are those are biases too. If we're going to be honest, yeah. I mean, back then I didn't buy a PlayStation Two at launch. I thought the launch lineup sucked. I mean, Fantavision and whatever other crappy games that good. came out. You have Orphan. You know, uh, I'm trying good. to. Yeah, and so <laughs> you know, I, I am no, wait, ain't no two ways about it. That lineup was not good. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. So I eventually did buy a PS2 because of all the great third-party titles on there, and then of course, you know, Sony at some point uh, did come through with a lot of games like you know Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter and all those games back during that generation. But uh, you know, the Xbox really just kind of t- took a more of a uh, hardcore gaming approach. They were trying to be innovative. They were pushing that modem in every system. And at that point in time, I was playing like, you know, Fancy Star Online on the Dreamcast. And so, you know, I was all about the Xbox. You know, Xbox was probably my preferred platform of choice. Even GameCube. GameCube, I didn't buy one right away, but uh, like, you know, Death and Taxes, I wound up buying it at some point on there and enjoying that platform as well. In fact, I played PSL on that platform quite a bit on there as well. So, I mean, pretty much from there. And then, obviously, going up to the generation afterwards, 360 knocked out of the park. You know, I remember uh, 
and doing that whole launch lineup in uh, the Best Buy in Fresno with the PlayStation 3. It was just ridiculous. I didn't go out there, but they wound up uh, rioting in front mm-hmm. of Best Buy, and they were on the news because all these people just going all frantic and crazy. And, uh, you know, that $600 system at that point in time during launch, it was just like, it was just totally ridiculous. And the uh, games that were available at launch for the PlayStation 3, besides like MotorStorm, I mean, I, I eventually I caved in. Like maybe a month or two afterwards and bought one on there, stacked some trades on there and just did it to it. But, uh, you know, my biases kind of changed after a while. You know, back around 2008, 2009, you saw Microsoft kind of change their focus a bit with that Wii dollar dollar out there and the Connect, And, you know, they started not being as innovative as they once were. And kind of led up to, you know, obviously the debacle of the Xbox One when that console came out uh, back in 2013. And, uh, you know, I started enjoying my PlayStation 3 more and more as the years gone by. And so even though I know, you know, we could be accused of being more PlayStation oriented, you know, on the show. And this is kind of where our, you know, system biases might be right now, per se. It's, you know, just there is kind of a backbone or a logical reason behind it. Because obviously, if there was good games or enough games to where, you know, I think um, another platform might be worthy of, of owning and or playing a lot more games on. It just depends on as far as, you know, your history, uh, what games you prefer, uh, you know, as far as uh, where you want to play your, you know, systems on and, you know, games on as far as that goes. And, you know, it just depends where your friends are at too, you know. So there's a lot of things in play because the whole online thing was more prevalent now than it was like maybe 10, 15 years ago, obviously. So, well, um, that, yeah, so. But, but I mean, you bring up a really good point though. Um, could biases have been adopted by your friends? You know, I, I sort of had a bias, uh, like I said before, and, and maybe I developed my, 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 my bias because my certain friends are playing on one console versus another. Um, yeah. And so you kind of buy into your, 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 your friends' biases, you know, like, because I don't, I mean, I really don't have anything against Xbox, you know, um, aside from being sad that, that they can't seem to bring it like they used to, um, given... And that could be all kinds of different reasons why they're 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 they are like that. I don't think it's you know any one particular thing. Um, so yes, I do sort of you know mourn you know what what Xbox was, and I really hope to get excited at some point about you know what they're going to become. So um, so so I so I don't know you know. Uh, I do believe that we do get our get our biases, you know, from from our friends, and and that kind of helps shape, you know, what we think of these of these of these you know of these consoles, and it, it it's just how we and 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 that in turn affects how we report back, you know, or, or share our opinions about these these consoles. Um, so, so yeah. I, Personally, I think that's a great segue into our letter. You know that 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 was the impetus for for why we decided to do this this episode in the first place. You know, Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And so we're going to jump right into our vessel line uh, from feedback from our good friend Isaiah six eight. 
So Isaiah's letter begins as – so Isaiah's letter is this. Uh, I was trying to say something fancy to uh, words. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> words. You words. Exactly. Um, uh, so Isaiah 6, 8 writes, I enjoy the podcast. I started listening after Kevin left the Gamer Husbands podcast. I'm a longtime gamer. My first systems were the 2600 and Intellivision. I currently play on the Xbox One X, PS4 Pro, and the Switch. Most of my gaming is on the Xbox, but I enjoy all of my systems. In this sense, the idea of beating my chest and declaring myself an Xbox guy or a PlayStation guy absolutely drives me crazy, but to each their own. Everyone will have their opinions, as I'm about to share mine. Regarding the conversation on the Microsoft Gaming Subscription Service, Game Pass, I hate to say it, but the conversation was pretty slanted, and I don't understand why. You all, for the most part, put Microsoft out on an island with a negative view from my perspective. For instance, there are plenty of case studies on subscription services, and Microsoft is actually late to the game. I don't believe you all mentioned PlayStation Now once during the conversation and may not have mentioned EA Access, let alone the other services out there. With the exception of EA Access, none of these subscription services are for me, but I see the value in them. What I find interesting about the Game Pass is Microsoft's decision to add all first-party exclusives. That is to say, I think Microsoft made this change as a way to push Sony towards doing the same, which would not be a good financial move for Sony given their number of first-party titles. In other words, I think Microsoft is content with producing two to three major titles each year, and their Game Pass pricing reflects this. Additionally, this whole concern over mom-and-pop shops, GameStop, etc., I get it. Who doesn't like cheap games? But I would also like folks to think about the resale of those games and the lack of revenue towards the game designers' programmers. It's great to get cheap games, but the revenue does not make it to the right people. Lastly, this concept of soft copy games versus hard copy games is the way of the future, like it or not. Joe rightfully points out that PC gaming is essentially soft copy only. Just my two cents. Cheers, Isaiah 6-8. So uh, once again, Isaiah, thank you for this letter, uh, which uh, spurred our uh, main event topic. So um, I'm going to throw this one out to uh, to you jo- first, Joe. Uh, what are your comments regarding uh, Isaiah's letter and concern? Well, that's good. I mean, he has his opinion and he wants to kind of let us know how he felt about our conversation from last episode on there. And uh, you know, I kind of feel in the way we kind of did put Microsoft out a little bit, you know, and, and you know, you got to kind of look at it from bo- both sides of the coin, obviously, that if Sony did something and, you know, obviously we all prefer the PlayStation on this. And it just depends as far as... Um, you know our viewpoints on things, and obviously, you know it's 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 a good good deal. I mean, the Game Pass is a good fair shake. It's not for me necessarily because of the fact that you know I am more we're all more fervent and hardcore, and you know obviously a lot of the games on the Game Pass, it's like you know I already been there, done that. You know, and I think Isaiah even mentions the fact that uh, 
he feels that way as well on there. And but it's the way to bring new people into the mix, per se, on there. And uh, you know, I wouldn't want. I, I don't want to beat my chest and say I'm a PlayStation guy. I'm an Xbox guy. I have my biases. I have my preferences on here. I own an Xbox One. You know, <laughs> on there. This is like Grant. your your fourth one, both by the way. Third one. Third one. Yes. Sorry. A little David uh, Joe. Know, he seems to yeah. keep buying that system over and over again. <laughs> He's helping the mountain sales. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and I want to give the system a fair shake. You know, it just seems like as of late, you know, I did just I have plenty of games on the PlayStation 4 to where, you know, my Xbox gets a little to no time, but I need to circle back to that platform at some point. You know, I own Cuphead, I own Forza Horizon 3, I own Ori in the Blind Forest. I have a few games for the system, and it's something to where it's just, you know, you get kind of comfortable where you're at, you know, in your uh, same chair and, and same shoes and that kind of thing where... Um, as much as I, I want to support all of gaming, I, I only can plant, spend so much and play so much per se on this. So, um, you know, and, and me and Kevin, we normally conversate about all the uh, back and forth on Twitter between the Sony ponies and the Xbox, and we just kind of laugh about it because, I mean, I don't feel that any of us on this show are kind of uh, to that point, just uh, that off the wall, straight, plain ass crazy, you know, seeing all the mm-hmm. back and forth on there. And as much as I say, I enjoy my PlayStation four and PlayStation three quite a bit that I haven't enjoyed Xbox one all that much. It's just the point I, uh, there is stuff on the system I don't want to play, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if Microsoft brings it, I, I will gladly switch sides. You know, it just depends on my biases and, and the games I like to play and the things I like to do on there. I don't care where I play them. It's as long as my needs are being met. <laughs> I mean, it's not like being in a marriage or something. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go where my needs are met. You know, I, I'm not I don't have a PlayStation ring on my finger. You know, I've, I've changed sides as far as preferences many a time. You know, so. <laughs> Ain't none of us getting a check. Nope. No. On there. We are not. On there. But yeah, we we didn't mention PlayStation um, now because, you know, I think all three of us would say that as a service, that service is so damn inconsequential for any of us. I mean, we have a, I have two PlayStation 3s in this house. I have PlayStation 3 games out there. Yay, yang. You know, so. You see, but that raises, see, but that raises the question right there. Okay, that raises the question right there. I think the reason why, you know, Xbox Game Pass is such a big deal and what they're pushing it is number one, you know, Microsoft is putting it out there in the forefront. They're saying, look what we are doing. Okay. And if you're going to judge a console, you got to judge it by, by, by its value and what it's offering. And right now, Xbox isn't offering much. Okay. And, and, you know, we can have a debate about that. We can think about that's fine. You know, and I don't think, and I don't know that a subscription service is going to help, you know, that's because that, that that's the thing you know my sony can go out and do a subscription service people are like okay great you're you're adding to the value that is already present for the system okay you know and i'm not being biased or anything like that i'm saying people can actually physically look and see the value of sony and what they are trying to do okay because they have because that's what they've been doing it that they've been doing that for, for the last couple of years you know and it it's it, 
and Xbox hasn't, you know, and is that my opinion? Definitely. You know, does it back it up? Can I back that up? I honestly think I can because, because of, you know, just, just what, uh, Microsoft, you know, has, has been able to, to produce, you know, I, I, I think the value of, of, of the Xbox is lacking, you know, and I think that the subscription service, you know, I hope that it helps it um, because I would like it. Maybe I'm, I'm being nostalgic for, for what, you know, uh, Xbox was before, because like Kevin said, it was the, it was the system, you know, it, it, it had everything, you know, that, that a gamer wanted, at least it had it for me. Um, and so I want that again for Xbox, you know, and like I said, during last uh, the last episode, we got to wait and see, you know, we got to wait and see because Netflix didn't just start off, you know, and, and, and just, you know, the, this didn't start off at the top. No, they had to, they had to work years and years at it. You know, the difference between Netflix and Xbox right now is that at the beginning when, when, when Netflix started, you know, it just started like it was there. That was their model. Now Xbox is is adapting its model to to Netflix because Netflix is successful, you know. As as are other streaming services, Hulu, uh, Crackle to a lesser extent, and all these other things. That's the wave of the future. I get it, but at this point, I don't know if, if there's enough, you know, for for people to justify the value of that service. And and if they're going to do it, I really hope that xbox sticks with it and they use that revenue that they're going to get to you know power their 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 gaming you know and 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 that we start getting you know these the these first party titles that are great or or we get indies that that are on the xbox that are great you know that way it 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 that way it can it it, it could just matter again you know that's what I'm having, you know, the, the issue with, you know, it's like th- that, that's where my issue is with, with Xbox, you know, it's like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what, like, like, how are you, I don't know. It's just like, I keep thinking, how are you not winning at this? You know, but I guess there is no winning in it, you know, it's no, just, it's, it's just, you, know, you just kind of play what you want and then you, and then you, and then you kind of like move on, you know, and, and, and again, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird to me sometimes when, you know when when you when joe when you say you know oh i you know i i bought this you know xbox you know i bought it like three times um i have games for it but i just don't have the impetus to play it like i don't feel like i need to play that you know and it's like okay you know that's definitely not a bias because you know it's more I'm like a pr- preference you know it's just something to where you know how hell i haven't turned my gaming pc on in like 9 months you know so it's just you know sometimes you get where you're being serviced by one platform or one thing, and it's like it's hard to get out of that to say, okay, I'm going to go on and play some Ori in the Blind Forest or some, you know, Cuphead or something. You know, it's uh, I guess a the lot of, sh- I, I lot of shiny question, things and and but I guess the bigger places. question I'm asking is is, is why yeah. you know why do you like why why do we need to do that? But that's a, that's a whole other question. Is like why do we have to have multiple cons- consoles? Why do we have to play multiple games? Why do we have to do this? You know. A, a certain way yeah that that talks about behavior and all that sort of stuff and i think that's more more out of the depth and scope of of, of what we're talking about but oh, for sure for but, sure but all i'm trying to say is is i want xbox to to 
I, I want the value for me at least to grow for Xbox because because I miss that. Like you know, and, and I, I, I I can't for me justify buying one because nothing on that system at this point is like like wants me to it's like saying, Hey, experience me, experience this, come and play this, come and play in our universe. You know, nothing is doing that. And for me, a subscription service is, is is not doing that. Uh, You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, who knows, maybe in like five years, it'll be, you know, the bomb diggity and it'll be amazing. But you know, at this point, I don't know. And, and, and any of the pending content like sea of thieves or crackdown three kind of speak to you or you still waiting and seeing basically waiting and seeing, you know, because I've waited for Crackdown Three for so long, uh, see if these is first person. So I'm like, so <laughs> you know, uh, so I don't know. Like I really say again, you like see if these really doesn't appeal to me because it's first person. That's my own preference again. And Crackdown, you know, three. It's like I played both Crackdowns, love them both. We played the shit out of Crackdown too, you and I. And it's like I just I, like I don't know. You know, I'm 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 really thinking that I'm I'm really thinking that Crackdown Two might be when I break down and, and buy an Xbox, you know, crackdown three, you mean? Yeah. Crackdown three when that comes out. And, and I was looking at the, like at the last quarter sales when, um, when Xbox one X came out and it was one, of, it was one of the highest grossing releases for Xbox, you know, uh, uh one of the highest grossing, um, consoles for Xbox to, to come out. Like it, it, it just dominated. It was, it was like people, people want Xbox to succeed. Like they buy the system. It, it is a good system, you know, but it's like the, there's just nothing, you know, there's just nothing to play on it, you know? Yeah. As far as Isaiah... It's like having a race um, car and not and not having a track to drive it on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, for for me, uh, with regards to the to the feedback, um, and I and I believe I said it uh, on the show. If I were buying a console for someone who had no real background, in, in, at least in, in, in the past two generations of games, a college student uh, getting ready to uh, go off to college where they're going to have Internet access you know, in their dorm room, without question, I would buy them an Xbox One S and a Game Pass subscription. I think that's that is the... That is the the plug and play console best deal out there. You know they're going to get all the exclusives, and they're going to get a rotating library of a hundred and what one hundred and fifty, one hundred sixty games, something like that. One hundred seventy five, yeah, one hundred seventy five games, and they're set. They don't have to worry, but you know. They've got other things to worry about with regards to school, and when they have their downtime, they can download games and have fun. But I, th- uh, and, and that's that's how, and that that's honestly how I feel. I think for someone who doesn't necessarily have a, uh, a whether you want to call it a horse in this race, quote unquote, that's the best thing. That's the best thing going right now. But just for for me personally, my issue has always been just this lack of diversity in comparison to where the the console was in the 360 era, barring the Red Ring of Death fiasco, but especially that OG Xbox. Man, that OG Xbox had a library 
in many ways was just second to none. That's what I'm Jade Empire, about. Jade Empire, um, uh, Star, Star Wars games, uh, Old Republic, Mech Assault. Mech Assault was the game that brought me onto the 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 online space. I fell in love with Mech Assault. I used to put I put hours into that in that original game online. Bought the second one was not as kind of thought they dropped the ball in the online aspects in the second one. But man, Mech Assault had me had me in there many an hour, many an hour. Uh, games like Brute Force, you know, they had Panzer Panzer Dragoon uh, uh, version that that didn't suck. You know, it reminded you of, of of what was on the Saturn. You know, gameplay wise, and and uh, uh, man, it just so many so many games. Uh, uh, the Project Gotham Racing series, just a whole bunch of titles. Some and some were were quote unquote sales flops, but they weren't afraid to take a risk. Yes, and they, they seem put, to be very risk averse right now. Yeah, they weren't afraid to take a risk and they said, hey, these are games, these are experiences that you're only going to get on this platform. Here it is. You know, and then they came out with Halo. Halo was their big breakout hit that they stole away from 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 the Mac or, or Apple computers or whatever, whatever. You know, and there you go. Um, I long for that for the return of that Xbox you know, or that type of Xbox. And, you know, when it comes to Game Pass, you know, active user base, I think, the, you know, what is it, about 55 million, you know, 55, let's say it's 55 million active Xbox Live users right now. Uh, let's say 3% of them do Game Pass. At, at, at $9.99 a month, that's going to be something like you know, you know, sixteen million five hundred thousand dollars a month, roughly. It would be nice, you know, and I know there's going to be deals and packages, and, and I understand that. It would be nice if they could use some of that revenue, and that's just straight revenue. That's on top of what they're getting for your Xbox Live subscription. It would be really nice if they could use that influx of cash to fund a, a more diverse first-party lineup. As popular it as Halo is, as popular as Forza Horizon is and, and Forza Motorsport is, as popular as Gears of War is, I'm sorry, I need more than that. I want I'm not saying those games can't exist. Yes, have them, but they they can't they can't be, you know, um set aside, you know, or or given to you in lieu of this other content. It it, it just can't. I I need more than than, you know, Master Chief running around and shoot, and shooting aliens in the face. I, I and and that's just me, and I get it. I know that these games have sold millions of copies and made Xbox a household name, 
And, you know, to your letter, Isaiah, I really hope, I really hope that you're wrong with with them just being content to do two to three titles a year because those two to three titles are going to be Halo, Forza, and Gears. And they're just going to kick back and chill out and get that road to get those rotating games, past games in there and and take that money and do whatever with it. I really hope that they do more than that. Because Games Pass is a great idea for people who want to check out uh, an Xbox exclusive or maybe missed an older third-party game, and they can go back and check those and check those titles out for ten bucks a month. That's awesome. But I want to see them use that influx of revenue to diversify their first-party offerings. And maybe I'm the problem. Maybe. I just haven't come to terms with the fact that the Xbox that I knew back in the day is not the Xbox of today. I think I'm there and, with you, buddy. And you know what? And, and, and if that's the case, and then, hey, I'll hold that L, as the kids say. That's my fault because, you know, I went out there and I bought and I bought the world's most powerful console. And it's little more than a telephone that plays games so I can talk to my nephew once a week. <laughs> you know, uh, and maybe it, that's just on me. And if it's on me, then, then it's on me. But I'm willing to give them I want to give them a shot. And I'm hoping that at this E3, I don't care if these games come out in 2019, 2020, 2021. I just want to see a roadmap of where they're going to take their exclusive content. Show me that you can have Gears of War and Halo and Forza, but can also give me something along the lines of, oh, I don't know, a Mech Assault. Oh, I don't know, uh, a Fable. Oh, I don't know, you know, dare I say a Brute Force. Something that, that is out of, that, that says, okay, we've got our staple. That staple's always going to be there. It's going to make us a lot of money, but we're going to, Fund some of that 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 influx of additional revenue, and we're going to start pushing out this exclusive content, and where we can just start to get shimmers of what Xbox started out as. You know, Jay Allard was the man. He was a dude that was making this exclusive content happen, pushing that technology forward on that original console, and. Okay, you can say, you know, and I've heard other people say it as well. This generation, they went toe-to-toe with Sony in the traditional console space, as we've traditionally thought of consoles, and they got stomped. So they're going back and, and looking at how can we exist and continue to exist and be relevant in this, in this age outside of the traditional console uh, methodology. And, you know, that's fine. I just want to see the content. I want to see that diverse content. And th- that's why it's it's like E3 is kind of sort of the, you know, the make it or break it, in my opinion, uh, for Xbox, because I really need to see that roadmap. I need to see the content that they've got in store. I don't care if it's not, if it's coming in 2018 or not. I just want to know that something is being done to address this. And if something is being done to address this, I'm 
I'm good with just okay. I've got I've got the quote unquote the world's most powerful system. I'm going to be able to play these games in 2019. I'm cool. That's why I just want to know what you're doing. That's why I never had a problem with Sony advertising games that weren't coming out for two, three, four, five years. I just want to know what you're doing. I want to know that the re- that that plastic box sitting on my uh, entertainment center is going to have a purpose. And right now, the Switch has a purpose. PS4 has a purpose. The Xbox One X is a phone. And I want to see, I want to see it have more than that. And that, that's where I'm coming from. So. I think uh, you beat that up fairly good. <laughs> yeah. I think the last thing, um, I know he mentioned the fact, the concern about the mom and pop shops, GameStop, et cetera. You know, I know he's concerned about, Isaiah, that you're concerned about the the money getting back to the developers on, on there because obviously you buy a cheap game from GameStop, you buy a resale game from mom and pop shop. You know, obviously they're getting paid because they're sucking on the teat of the uh, gaming uh, marketplace and that kind of thing. Ultimately, it has to go back uh, to the people that develop these games and whatnot. Um, you know, hopefully when this does happen, because I think at a, point, at a point in time, physical games will stop functioning <laughs> you know i don't know when that will be probably a couple of generations from now but be uh, for a while in my opinion yeah i know the pc is just that way because uh steam became a more prevalent um way to deliver these games because of the whole piracy issue on pc yep. so the pirates need that you know whether on the console side that's going to come amok obviously i know certain consoles do get um hacked and you know, there's people online that will download things, obviously. Um, but downloading a 50 gigabyte <laughs> disc image for a PS4 or Xbox One game, um, you know, I if I was trying to rip someone off, you know, maybe I would to make the effort to do that. But <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that console gaming will probably stay in the physical realm for at least for a while on there, and you know. As much as I, I love trading and going back and forth, you know, a lot of my games I buy are bought new. So I am trying to put my money squarely into the point and the uh, wherewithal to the developers that are making these games on there. I, I like to support both developers and publishers too. So, and I'm know, sure they love you for it, Joe. God forbid, yes. <laughs> so. I, I, I kind of look at it like this, though. You know, case in point, my uh, uh, my wife is in the process of selling her work vehicle. Um, when she sells that work vehicle, Toyota is not going to get a cut of that money. Nope. Toyota got that cut of that money when that car was sold to somebody new the first time. Yep. They bought it from a lot. They Man. bought it from a dealer. They they bought it from it. It came from. It was sold at a Toyota dealer, and somebody made that purchase. Toyota got paid on that at that point. Yeah. When, at that point, that that physical item, and that goes whatever it is: computer, a bookshelf, uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you, a house, you know, uh. Whatever it is that that is tangible and physical in 3D space that you've purchased, that you have, you can 
act you can you can do with it what you want to you can sell it to somebody else somebody the, the original manufacturer is not going to get a return on your action on selling that 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 item because they got paid on that initial uh, transaction, and I kind of sort of feel the same the, the same way about games. Um, I understand that games are more and more expensive to produce. That these AAA experiences can cost tens of millions of dollars to bring to market. If the concern is that we're not getting enough money to cover the development, then in my opinion. And again, I know nothing about gaming development, so I could be 180 degrees wrong on this. Then we've got to simplify the tools that we use to make these games. Where you don't need for a staff of 400 people to make the next Assassin's Creed. Maybe you can do it with 150. Maybe you could do it with 80. You know, maybe the tools need to get need to evolve to a point where you can do more with less people. I think we're seeing that in the indie space. It's, yeah, it's taking them much longer to do, but you know, we're seeing some fantastic moves, and we've been seeing some fantastic games that can rival a three A or a two way, you know, game that's handled by a big baller shot collar publisher. That, you know, a team of two, five, 10, 15, 20 people are doing and they're put it out. It takes them a lot longer, but the end product is just as good, if not, if not better. You know, maybe that maybe the industry needs to take a look at that. But, you know, coming up as a kid, I had to trade in the old to get in the, to get the new. So I'm an old dinosaur when I when it comes to this stuff, I I appreciated the fact that I could take a little bit off that initial bite when I wanted to get the new hotness, whether it was a new game or new console. I'm in a position now where I don't necessarily have to do that. I choose to do that because that's how I grew up. Why would if if I could if I can buy if I if if I could get a five hundred dollar system for nothing why wouldn't I want to do that? <laughs> you know, yeah. because I did some I did some footwork, you know, with the help of uh, the Food Max of Gaming there, and was able to get some deals together. You know, wh- why wouldn't I not want to do that? So, you know, uh, to me, I I, I kind of sort of fall on the side of, you know, these guys got paid on that initial transaction. And, you know, if if they feel that that the cost of development is not they're not they don't like the idea that they're not getting paid on secondary and tertiary and secondary transactions after that initial, then maybe they need to look at scaling back the tools. Maybe they need to look at scaling back the scope of some of these games so that their profit margin is higher. And, you know, me personally, I'm cool with that because I'm a mechanics first person. Mechanics first works for me, you know. I think Kevin just got a quick call, so. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, for for me to add on to a little bit about the, um, 
the mom and pops and what in Canada to reflect on what he was saying. I mean, yeah, the secondary market's going to be there and people will find a way probably to to resell their their secondary games, you know, somehow or some way. You know, and if and if this is a way for Xbox to uh for Sony to be able to keep in that keep that information or keep that money coming in when you play a subscription service, you know, then I, I really hope it works for them. Again, for me, it just comes back to the value of it. You know, or do you have, do you value what they're offering? Um, and if you do, then, then sweet, you know, go for it. I hope it's, I hope it's awesome. Um, but for me right now, I, I just can't, I just can't do it. So, can't buy an Xbox. Is that your thing? Well, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I just can't support that the the Xbox Game Pass. Like, I can buy an Xbox. You know, you know. It's just, it's just. I don't know where the value is. You know, yeah, to own one. So, I, I think they're are they moving in the right steps. I think so. Yeah. I think so too. I think so. I, I think it's the right step. And that's why, again, I said, you know, if they're going to do it, they have they have to like fully, fully, you know, um, be invested in it. You know, they can't just feel like, oh, we're going to try this and nope. <laughs> oh, we're going to try this and nope. No, no, you got to You got to stay with it. You know, you got to you got to you got to keep it going, you know. So yeah. hopefully they'll do that. Yeah. So. And, and I really want to see this. uh this game pass succeed for them. I want to, and I, but I also want to to see that be a means where they can fund this exclusive content, this you know first party experiences. You know why why couldn't there be a Horizon Zero Dawn or Zelda Breath of the Wild like game on the Xbox that? You know, critics could be falling over themselves over and gamers can be, you know, taking screenshots of and, uh, it, you know, there's no reason why that cannot exist. You know, right now, the executives feel that the money is not is there's not enough revenue there to justify that traditional model anymore for them. Hopefully this new model that they're coming up with. Is will allow them to finance some of some of that, and whether it's money hatting third party uh, projects, funding uh, projects within their own in house studios. I just want, I just want that 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 uh, library to grow and diversify. That 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 that's all I want. I want I want Xbox of old, or at least a little bit of right. Xbox of old to come back. Yeah, just a pinch of Xbox old, and then maybe a new Xbox that is just awesome. So you don't necessarily need to have a reprise of Xbox old. It's just like an old band getting up there and writing an album in the same style as their first album or something. Well, <laughs> I, I mean that, that in the context. Yeah. I mean that in the context of what they used to do. Oh, I know. I don't mean. I don't necessarily mean. Hey, I want. I want. You know, all these, all those old games. You know, from back in the day. You know, on the which. In my they personal did. opinion, I would not be mad at that. Well, but they, that's but me. that's what they're doing. That that's their messaging right now with all the backwards compatibility. You know, it's yeah. Like, but I mean remastered stuff where, oh. it, you know, I or 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 remade stuff. You know, um, the like backwards this. compatibility thing is cool, but 
you know, do I really need a one X to play split second? <laughs> you know, yeah. do I need a one S to play split second? <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess you're right on that. You know, if 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 I if if they this additional revenue can be used in part to not only make the shareholders happy, but also to build on that to build their library. You know, a little OG Xbox between my cheek and gum. You know, just like skulls, I'm a happy I'm I'm a happy gamer. You know, give me a reason for that box to be there. That, 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 that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Pa-pow. <laughs> All right. So thank you, Isaiah, for uh, spurring on this, this discussion. And uh, you, too, can do what Isaiah did by dropping us an email, sharing your thoughts on gaming, uh, what you'd like to discuss. And, yes, you can even be part of the show because we are a listener-focused podcast. Uh, and you can send us an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Let us know where what your thoughts are. If you'd like to be on the show to express those thoughts, something we said that you liked, agree with, something that we said you disagreed with, you can do it in the email or you can do it, you can be on the show and uh, we can have a grand old time. So uh, hit us up with that feedback at gamingvessels at gmail.com. But right now, after that great discussion, we're going to slide into our playlist. So, Dez, Bay Area Terra, my friend, what you been playing, bruh? Sorry, I had to, like, give you a little bit of a pause for that because you know what my answer is going to be. So I was kind of like... <laughs> uh, I have been playing. For the benefit of the listeners, of course. I, 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 will, I have been playing, and I will continue to play. You know, Destiny. No, me monster. <laughs> no, no. I, I that that Destiny boat has sailed. Um, for right now, it's like sitting on my, it's sitting on my um, um on my game area, and it's just like sitting there. And it was funny because I knew we were going to talk about this, and I kind of looked at it, and I was like. You know, sorry, buddy, but you're just not you're just not what's what's it right now. So, so no, I have been playing Monster Hunter. I have not played any other game. It is literally school, work, Monster Hunter, and that rotation. So, <laughs> so yes, I am definitely in love with this game. Love it, love it, love it. Um, if you are not playing it, you are missing out. It is a great, great. Uh, game, so yeah. That I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's just what I've been playing. Oh, I mean, where are you at in the game as far as what the what oh, your oh, main? Oh, you weapon. want you want all that? You want all that? Okay, well, I'm I'm yeah. Hunter rank twelve, and I know some of the people who've been playing for a while are going to be like, "That's it." You know, yes, yes, I'm. Um, that's all. That's as far as I am because again, I you know work full time and go to school full time so this is just kind of the 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 time frame like like I have to I have to play it um during uh during the weekend generally and the weekday I'm not going to lie I do play it during the weekday but uh but yeah that's kind of that's kind of what's up with this now um 
But I absolutely love the game. Um, uh, I just know that we're going to talk about this a little bit, you know, later in the um, in the in the news section. But it is it's just been it's just been fantastic. Everybody, there's like they're, they're adding new stuff, and and I want to support Capcom because I think Capcom is doing this right. The, the production is doing it right by not uh, having microtransactions and adding stuff for free to the game. I think is just fantastic. Um, but they're still adding stuff to the game. Like it really feels like this is Monster Hunter of old. You know, um, it just it just feels great to to play it to experience it. Um, I get to play it with you guys. Um, it's just a lot of fun, you know. I do wish that their their um, their uh, how people connect via via mission quests. I, I really wish that that was a little bit well done. So uh, done better, but but overall, fantastic game, fantastic, yeah, the, fantastic game. The squads are kind of annoying. Uh, They're kind of weird. Well. Like I, it's I, weird. I, yeah, I don't know with 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 all with all the abilities that other games have 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 created for connectivity with your friends and shit. Like I'm just still kind of like, this is the system you guys went with. Like, what? Hmm? You know, I'm still a little like, it's a little obtuse. Uh, if you didn't know, basically, um, you have an option to create an online session with every game that you start. And basically, you are online on there, and then you decide to choose squads. You can create a squad, you could join a squad, and then if you decide to um, start your game, you could actually join your game in a squad that's available at that point in time. And unfortunately, you're not able to really check to see if anyone's on, except for maybe checking your friends list. And, no, and, no, 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 no. When you when you look at the game, when you look at the yeah. game, it'll say you can join so and so's session. Now, a session is different. Uh, from a squad from a squad so you can join someone's session but not be in the same squad so you could yeah and so sometimes people will lock squads because they want to play with only their friends which is totally fine but it's just it is it just makes for a weird thing because sometimes you you could be in the same session but not in the same like uh squad because the squad is a separate session so it's just really kind of weird so i don't know it's just it's it's just a weird thing that 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 they created and so like you love the game so you work with it but at the same time i'm just like y'all are crazy with this so you know there's definitely an easier way to do this yeah um but overall Uh, i i absolutely absolutely adore it um yeah uh, I've been playing it as well. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to play games because I've been busy, like working and taking care of real world items. So basically, I'm under rank six right now. I'm probably the lowest of the three of us uh, right now. But uh, I had a good chance to play, like you know, last night. And uh, I've been playing when I have a chance to. Obviously, uh, some personal things are going on, you know, between you know my dad and my wife's been sick she's been home playing monster hunter very steadily i don't know what hunter rank she is but she is i think has like 300 hours in the game because she's been off work for almost two weeks now and so god bless her heart yeah she's doing what i would want to do on her (laughs) but 
I'm kind of been working overtime to make up for the fact that she is not working. So I mean, her sickness kind of spurred my lack of gameplay, unfortunately. So, but uh, um, enjoying that quite a bit. Um, mainly uh, using a switch axe, but I'm also dabbling in the twin blades and also with the great swords right now. I do like the long swords as well. It's just uh, maybe I need to at some point dabble in some of the gunnery weapons and maybe give those a shot as well. So I'm kind of taking the more or, um, wider scope as far as how I'm approaching the game right now. Like uh, I could be just doing the, the story missions and trying to push my hunter rank up, but uh, I've been uh, doing a little bit of farming. I know I don't need to, um, but uh, some you know that, that this is the type of game Monster Hunter is. You could keep just hammering at the monster that's just been kicking your ass left, right, and upside for you know a week and a day, or. Yeah, you could decide to sign on and say, "Hey, I'm just going to go out and, and do exploration and go and you know, harvest items and you know, see see what happens out there in in the uh, particular area that I'm in." You know, on there. So yeah, I took time last night to uh, search the coral wildlands because uh, even though I just opened it up, I hadn't really had a chance to explore the map that much. So so I was taking more of a, a casual approach on there, and so. And it's it's good, you know. We play find friends online. We play, you know. We help each other level up, and I think that's just been a, a great thing. Uh, Destiny Two has not entered my PlayStation Four for like the last week and a half, two weeks. I kind of look kind of um, at Crimson Days and the whole Valentine's thing, and even though I am curious about it, I in a way I just want to take a little break from that you know I will probably go back to Destiny 2 at some point to finish the uh, uh, last DLC on there and uh, when the new DLC hits in May I'll probably be all back and in it to win it on that so yeah when the, when the Crimson Days was announced and it said that I, it's, it's Crimson Days is live I was like that's cute and then I fired up Monster <laughs> Hunter so <laughs> I mean I don't know which which one of you two would play Crimson Days with me to be my you know my my buddy in the two v two crucible. So like, have yeah. at it. Have, 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 <laughs> seriously, I'd be like, well, you have at it, Kev. No, no, no. I've also been pl- still playing Dragon Quest Eight. So I've still been playing that on the 3ds. 3ds has still been a good. You know, I for whatever reason the Switch. I I like the Switch. Uh, you know, I was immersed in Zelda last year when I was playing it. But you know, that 3ds. That 3ds is an all star man, and, and it's small. I don't have to worry about bringing a bigger screen with me. It fits in my backpack. I don't worry about things. So I'm still steadily playing uh, Dragon Quest Eight on my 3ds. I have new games come out for 3ds. I know it's kind of getting long in the tooth. The Radiant Historia just came this, out this past week. Um, I got plenty of games to play on that 3ds. That 3ds is going to keep rewarding me for months and years on end, even if it kind of whittles out. So that's uh, pretty much all I've been playing, though. Awesome. Well, for me, it's been Monster Hunter. Um, I really haven't played anything else uh, on on the on my uh, console. Um, although I have to say. Um, I was so frustrated this past week uh, fighting fighting Angie Baby, uh, a.k.a. Barney the Dinosaur, a.k.a. Anginoth, piece of crap, fire-breathing punk. Um, 
I fought him four different times, failed four different times, uh, either ran out of time or was straight up killed. And I tell you, I was like, my frustration level was rising. It was like, uh, is Monster Hunter going to have to take that trip? <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, I was just like, I know this is this is a game about walls and and gear checks. I get that, I understand that, but mm. <laughs> I I kind of glad I taught, played with you guys. Kind of talked me off that ledge because. For a while there, I was wondering. It, 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 MHW might have had to make that GameStop trip uh, because it was just getting frustrating, you know. Uh, and I understand, yeah, you call for help, but you know, sometimes you throw a SOS up there, nobody jumps in. Uh, sometimes you have to, you know. I at, at the time I didn't have access to an Angie uh, investigation that yielded a longer time. Uh, to complete it, so I was kind of stuck in that, um, stuck in that, in that, in that check, in that checkbox, and it's like, well, I, you know, what am I going to do? You know, it's, it's, it's so, you know, I anyway, I, I built an Anjanath uh, armor set, and I was able to complete that last night. So, uh, hopefully, I, I, I don't know if it. Will protect me from the from the uh, uh, flamethrower breath of doom necessarily, <laughs> but uh, uh, hopefully it'll have I'll have a better um, I'll, I'll fare better defensive wise uh, with with my uh, I think I think most of the pieces are charged up to max, if not all of them. I think I, I honestly can't remember, but. <laughs> Most of the pieces, for sure, are at least are at are at max, or as what you know as max as they can get at least for now. I don't know if you can overcharge uh, your your armor sets or not, but that's what I've been playing on the console on the um, on on the portable front. It's been you know um, uh, Project X Zone. I've <laughs> That has been that has been what I have been playing uh, at work uh, during my breaks. The and it is a very light RTS. The the turn, even though it's turn based, it is very uh, almost uh, fighting game esque, uh, kind of cross between fighting game and a timing game. You know, a game that's because you have to. It brings brings certain members of your party into into the battle at the right time because your your opponents react to have juggle effects. So you knock somebody up in the air, you may have to wait for them to get closer to the ground um, because if you if you send in the next member of your party too soon, their attacks are going to whiff and you're not going to do as much damage. Uh, Project X Zone Two, rather, is is what I've been playing, and it is just a fantastic, uh, mild RTS, and um, it's it bat crap crazy story, you know. You got uh, Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine teaming teaming up with uh, uh, Phoenix Wright and his uh, legal assistant. 
uh, fighting alongside Dimitri and Lilith from <laughs> from Darkstalkers, and just you know, just just and you know, throw in the uh, 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 the Mishimas from Tekken <laughs> among a myriad of other characters. They even they even have Kazuma Kiryu from Yakuza in there. <laughs> And I am just I've I've just been uh, been having a ball with that with that game. It's just been a lot of fun to play. Um, what I have not been having fun the game that I have not been having fun with on the DS side is the uh, uh, River City um, uh, School Rumble, the the newest uh Kunio Kun game that's come out and it, it's gonna it's gonna take that trip. It, it's just not fun. And I've I've played that game eight ways to Sunday. I don't like the way they have progression set up in this game. They have you grinding out against uh overly powerful enemies in order for you to build up your resistance, but there's no real story behind it. There's no real reason behind it. It was, you know, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo Rumble was difficult, but there was a progression. There were story elements that made sense as to why you're fighting all these people in the street. In this, you're just, you're fighting, and, and the fighting really has no consequence because when you get knocked out, you just, you know, start you back at um, at your high school. Uh, you may lose a few a few coins here and there, but they they push these random fights like heavy, heavy, heavy. It's almost like uh, an old school um, turn based JRPG where you're going trying to make it to a destination. Up, you gotta fight. Up, you gotta fight. Up, you gotta fight. And the enemies may be at your power level or they may be well above. You can't you can't get out of the fight. And it, it's it's just not, you know, they don't give you the, the tool set you need to really be effective in those situations as you're trying to build yourself up. You can't bring a, an AI ally in there with you. And it, it's it, it's just not fun. It's um, very unfortunate. So uh, so that one's going to that one's going to take that that. Uh, that trip, that GS trip, but um, other than that, it's just the that's what I have been playing this week. So, uh, I guess we are going to slide. We're going to slide into our news section. So, uh, well, I'm sorry. Insert insert edit here. Uh, has Joe returned from from? His break? No, I'm still urinating. I'm still oh. urinating right now as we speak. Oh, God. It's great. Uh, let me flush. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I heard you yeah, I... click clacking away, so I was like, all right, well, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear the click clacking, but. Uh... I've been bad this episode. I better stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh no! It's, I noticed the two. I was eating, and I my mic was on. It's like, oh shit! No, I didn't <laughs> oh, good, thank God. Because <laughs> uh, sitting there eating Cheez-Its. <laughs> no, didn't hear you at all. 
Like yeah, you're being yeah. very quiet. I didn't hear a rustling of a bag or anything. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Glad to hear I'm, pro- I'm professional, even though I don't think I'm professional. So, yeah. So, all right. Ret- returning in three, two. You guys want to take a pee break or anything like that? I'm fine. Just kind of want to power I'm, through I'm it. Good. Okay, yeah. good deal. Let's power through. I think we're almost done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, get hungry. Returning in. Wait. <laughs> going in three, two, one. So that's what I've been playing. So uh, with that out of the way, we're going to jump into our extra, extra news section. So Trader Joe, why don't you share those news nuggets with our listeners? Okay, I got some news this week to kind of go over uh, from these uh, last week and a half. We uh, have it recorded on here. So... um, First things off, the uh, first two DLC characters for Dragon Ball Fighters has been announced. Bar Bardock and Broly will be the first two DLC characters on there. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I don't know if you want to articulate a little bit more about these two characters or who they are or how they are. <laughs> yes. Okay. Real quick, uh, Bardock is Goku's daddy. Oh. Okay. Uh, oh. Okay. He was the um, he was part of an elite Saiyan unit when they were in when the Planet Vegeta was enslaved by Frieza. Uh, Frieza would send the Saiyans off to do his dirty work conquering planets, even though he was strong enough to do it himself. But when you're a powerful, you know, super powerful being, hey, you have flunkies do that for you. In his case, the Saiyans were his flunkies. So Bardock was part of an elite unit uh, that uh, Frieza would send out. And uh, he, they they would get all the hardest missions and you know missions that they thought no one would come back to come back from, Bardock Bardock and his crew would come back. So basically, Frieza was scared that Bardock was getting so strong, uh, and not only him but the Saiyans as as a whole would get too strong for him to control. So he blew up the planet and. Uh, <laughs> but Goku in the uh, uh, Superman. Esque style is the one of the last uh, pods to escape Planet Vegeta before Frieza blows it up, and he's sent to Earth. And there you have. That's why you have. That's why big part of why Goku's so strong is because Bardock was his dad. Uh, Broly. Um, Broly was the other uh, pod that escaped from Planet Vegeta when it blew up uh, as a baby. Supergirl. Yeah, basically, kind of, sort of. <laughs> basically, um, basically, Bart uh, Broly is uh, there's this guy, uh, Pragus, who was uh, Planet Vegeta's emperor. If Vegeta sounds familiar to you, hey, there's a guy in the series named Vegeta. Yeah, well, that's because Vegeta is the prince of all Saiyans because his dad was king of the planet, self named Planet Vegeta, Prince Vegeta. You get it. Anyway, uh, Broly was uh, Paragus, or Paragus, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Paragus' son. When Paragus' uh, son is born, Broly, he has a power level of over either 9,000 or 10,000. The the King Vegeta starts tripping, says, hey, uh, this kid can overthrow me because he's got a power of an elite Saiyan and he's only an infant. Sorry, I can't have that. And he has uh, Broly stabbed or attempts to have Broly stabbed and murdered. And 
kill tries to kill uh Pragus in the process. They get, you know, I can't remember if they get buried or something happened. Exiled in some way, left for dead, whatever. So when Frieza comes up and blows up Planet Vegeta, um, Broly, as an infant, produces a um, energy field that protects them from the explosion, and the explosion sends them out in the deep space. Pragus starts planning. Hit discovers that Vegeta is still alive, living on Earth. Gets finds out how to contact him. Says that hey, I'm setting up a, plant, a new planet, Vegeta. You need to return to become king. The whole thing is to lure him back so he can have his revenge on the royal Saiyan family by way of his son. His son is so strong and basically crazy because, and this is what's what's weird about it is that Broly was driven insane by baby Goku because Goku was always crying and Saiyan babies don't cry and. <laughs> Broly went mentally crazy because Goku would not shut up. And as he grew up, he could not get past the fact that this baby Goku would not shut up. And he just has this innate desire to kill Goku. So when Vegeta gets called back to new Vegeta by Pragus, uh, he, of course, he brings Goku and Trunks and, and Krillin. I think Master Roshi's there, too. Everything goes down, and Broly is the uh, legendary Super Saiyan. There's this legend that there's a Super Saiyan that has this power level that it far exceeds any other Saiyan in history. And he's a legendary Super Saiyan, and he's been going around blowing up planets in this certain section of the galaxy. And Pragus brings Vegeta uh, under the pretense of not only giving him the, the crown as the royal prince, but, hey, I need you to protect this planet from the you know, super legendary Super Saiyan. And the fact is that it's his son, Broly, who is a legendary Super Saiyan. And his dad has invented this mind control bracelet necklace thing that keeps his son under control because his son is back crap crazy. And at some point, and this is all in the movie, it's not in, in the movie, it's not in the series, I don't think. But um, his son breaks, breaks out of his dad's control kills his dad because he doesn't like the idea that his dad is using that, using him as a tool, uh, wants to go ahead and kill Vegeta just because he's a, the, you know, the, the reason why he, him and his dad were exiled and wants to kill Goku because he can't get over the fact that Goku was crying and, and as a baby wouldn't shut up when they were in the, uh, the uh, in, infirmary in the, in the birthing area of where all sands are birthed so that's basically that, okay <laughs> wow. there you go everybody wow you're welcome barduck in a, in a nutshell there and you are welcome Broly has always been like my favorite villain in uh, the dragon ball universe maybe freeze is up there too because freeze just talks so much crap uh and i like i like his the way i like his smack talk but um Broly has always been my overall favorite villain, so it, it's good to see both of them return, or not return, but make an appearance in in this awesome fighting game. So, well, the only villain I know from Dragon Ball Z is like Majin Buu, I think. So, just from the Super That's Famicom games, mm-hmm. is that just too old school? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Buu was Buu was the uh, last enemy that they. Fought in the series before it went to that that abomination known as GT, 
and then they erased that and then they came out with then they came out with super now but boo was the last he was a magical this magic thing that bobbed this dude named this wizard named bobbity made to take over the world because yeah, bobbity boo yeah bibbity bobbity boo it's like that his father bibbity was killed by the by the great kai's because he was trying to take over the universe so his son bobbity uh, found his daddy's notes and created the magical monster Boo <laughs> to fulfill his uh, uh, his him and his daddy's desires to destroy the world and take over the universe. So, oh, okay, uh, there you go. <laughs> all right, <laughs> uh, I don't know about Dragon Ball now, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was pretty. That was pretty funny that you would say, "Oh, you know, I, uh, yeah, yeah, sir, love it." <laughs> Bring me my Dragon Ball. <laughs> Don't know about them Dragon Balls. I have no clue. That's funny. So. That's All great. right. Next news story. Uh, Microsoft's latest Xbox promotion. Uh, discounts galore on here. So starting on February 18th through March the 3rd, Xbox One S bundles will be reduced by 50 bucks on there. And then one terabyte bundles in Canada will also be decreased by 60 bucks. Also included with the bundles, uh, this kind of bundle will be a free copy of, um, Oh, there's a, actually, no, there's a bundle of, uh, player unknown battlegrounds. Also a system that will be coming out on February 20th on there. So pick whatever bundle you want to pick up on there and uh, you'll be able to save, save, save on there. Also Xbox one X starting on February 18th through March the 4th, we'll have a free digital copy of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on there. I know GameStop's supposed to start a promotion starting on, I believe, on the 20th that will offer also a $50 gift card along with that purchase on there. And with that, and in combination of this week's trade in values, like I think you could trade an Xbox One, the regular OG Xbox One, and get uh, 150 bucks. Uh, for that thing uh, through trade promotions at GameStop right now. There's a good opportunity for you to be able to um, upgrade your um, Xbox just in case if you have an OG one or if, God forbid, you want to buy an Xbox One X. Uh, might not cost so much out of pocket on there. I think if if you trade in your Xbox One OG in your original VCR um, system, you get 150 bucks, and the only thing you have to pay out of pocket is 350 bucks. Plus, you get a 50 dollar gift card and a free copy of PUBG. So <laughs> on that, so woohoo! So I know. Upgrade. Yeah. Also, too, um, I know they're giving up 500. Uh, for the 500 gigabyte um, original PlayStation 4, they're giving out $200 in trade-in value this week. So, so uh, I think a certain other host on this podcast might need to get a get a move on and get his uh, system traded <laughs> on there, so he could buy a PlayStation 4 Pro possibly. So, who are you talking to, my friend? I don't know. Who who who, who shall that be? Who who in this uh, on this podcast still owns their original five hundred gigabyte PlayStation? Shut Power? up! <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare I? Four K shaming. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's exactly what's up. <laughs> All right, in other news, uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle has a new trailer revealing uh, first DLC characters, which will be free for a limited time. I think uh, Arc System Works has kind of come back from their like half 
of the character roster being DLC and, and starting to kind of make amends to the community a little bit on there. So uh, if you buy the game at launch on there, free at launch for a limited time for the first two weeks after release, you will get um, Platinum the Trinity from Blaze Blue Central Fiction, Ori from Undernight and Birth, uh, EXE Late ST, and then Kanji Tatsumi from uh, Persona 4 Arena on there. So this adds to the initial cast, that, which includes a number of different characters on there. Um, on there, And also the characters from Ruby will be distributed as free DLC as well. Characters Blake, Belladonna, and Yang, Zhao, Long from Ruby will also be distributed for uh, free DLC. Uh, the characters that will be included in the second DLC pack will be revealed in March. Each DLC pack by itself will cost $5, while all the DLC together will be purchasable for $19 on there. So you could also buy a digital deluxe version of the game, including all of the DLC characters, which will cost you $69.99, which is not too bad. It's like uh, pretty much uh, like just $10 over the regular cost of the game. And um, you might as well just release the game for the $70 right? instead of mm-hmm. uh, trying to piecemeal the characters like that. Uh, the standalone title without DLC will take 50 bucks from your wallet on there. So I guess it's an additional $20 to get all of the characters. I know they split the roster right in half on there, but they're they're slowly adding some characters into a free for a limited time kind of thing. So um, if you're interested in the game, the uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle will launch in Japan on May 31st with a North American release, which is being self-published for the first time by Arc System Works on June the 5th for both PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. I didn't even know it was coming out for Switch, so it's it's a good boon for that system as well. So on there, you know, with Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, I know it's included in the latest um, games that will be at Evo this year, Evo Prime in, in Las Vegas. On that, uh, I know Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite got booted for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following that news story or not, but yeah. uh, it's been kind of said that uh, behind the scenes, without it being stated that Disney uh, did not want the game featured at all or they weren't cooperating to get it featured on the evo stage for one reason or another so whether it's that or capcom not wanting to support the game i don't know but (laughs) it's good that blaze blue cross tag battle you know people were kind of insinuating that it being on stage with it not even being released was something of a um a site of some sort but uh, i think uh, i don't know you guys have any opinions on that whatsoever about blaze blue Cross-tech battle uh, being on the Evo stage? I do not. Um, I think it's... Uh, well, actually, it's it's a feather in the hat for Arc System Works because they're going to have three games on the main stage. Oh, for sure. Uh, this one... Um, um, Dragon Ball uh, Fighters. And, Dragon uh, Ball Fighters, and I forget the... Uh, the Central Fiction, right? No, not Central Fiction. It's going to be the... Uh, what's... Uh, Heaven or Hell? That oh. Game. Oh, Guilty Gear? Guilty Gear, yeah. Oh, Guilty Gear. Oh, Exert oh, oh, Sign. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be there. So they're going to have three games on the main stage, and that's pretty impressive. Um, the free DLC is, the reason they're doing this is just the backlash that they got from the anime fighting community 
with how they did this. Um, me, me personally, I I kind of have a wider ex- acceptance, and you know, a lot of people would want to string me up by my thumbs. If if it's a game I really want to play with characters that I want to play as, uh, if I'm going to get the game, I'm going to get the game anyway, and maybe I can I can look at this from the standpoint of that I'm not playing full price uh, because if I can either order it through Amazon, get my 20%. If Best Buy carries it. I can get it through there, get my 20%. So maybe I just kind of look at it a little bit differently from a lot of people. Yeah. But I'll just go ahead and and buy the and get the content. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to deprive myself of a gaming experience because of you know, they're act, a company is acting shady. And I know a lot of people, how do you expect the gaming industry to improve and be more consumer friendly if you if you keep funding their their BS? I understand that, but you know, this isn't um this this isn't the same as, you know, uh, an unarmed kid getting gunned down in the street. Uh <laughs> there there's far more important stuff uh to be uh really uh outraged about than this but i I applaud that the community was able to get this because arc system works wouldn't have done this if the pushback wasn't significant yeah but at the same time from my perspective um i i got bigger fish to fry when it comes to my 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 outcries yeah your gaming really just isn't isn't one of them. <laughs> you could probably circle back to you know um, Isaiah six eight's uh, explanation or uh, wanting for developers to get rewarded for their development, and you know mm-hmm. this is one way you can buy that DLC. Yeah. And by the and, way, they have to pay for those licenses. I'm sure Ruby didn't let them use those those characters for free. Yeah, you know all that is factored into the cost in getting this game out there. Yeah, so like I, I know with the uh, Monster Hunter World coming out, Desmond, you purchased all the cosmetic DLC, right? As far as the, why are you gonna put me on the front street like that? No, <laughs> no, I, I already said it. I already said it on the last one. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I fully supported it. Um, uh, number one, love the game, and I think that I really believe that you should you should support things that you love if it's not predatory. Um, I didn't think that what they had released was predatory at all there was just extra stuff i did not get the uh exclusive um i guess the, the the super duper version of monster hunter so i did not get the extra stuff uh that you could have got if you if you did that so i i, I just got the normal the normal one bought that later because it was it was offered yeah by um by capcom so that's what i did um and from what they have told me you know, or what I've not told me, but for what I've read uh, about uh, Capcom's and what they're going to do with Monster Hunter, it just like I, I want to support. I want to support them. You know, um, so I gave them a little extra cash um, because that's just that would that that fit into my value system. So I want to, 
I want to support him for this game. You know, it's like thank you for bringing it back to console. You're not going to gouge us at least right now by by tons of uh, tons of uh, you know DLC or, or whatnot or or block behind paywalls or, or whatever. So it's just like yay, you know. So that that's where my that that's where I was with that. So. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of speaking of Monster Hunter, the uh, next news story is about Monster Hunter World specifically. Imagine um, that. <laughs> so they, a new uh, DLC trailer and um, event quest schedule has been announced on there. The new schedule extends all the way to March the 8th and includes several new events. Among them is the proving that will let you get the materials to craft Aloy's armor and bow on there. That is Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, by the way, on there. Um, as far as on top of that, we also they unveiled a trailer showcasing all the DLC releases between January and February. As promised by Capcom last year, they're all cosmetic and include gestures, costumes, face paint, and chat stamps on there. There is nothing that will concern hunters that are not willing to pay more for the game to be able to. So all just stuff to add to your look on there. So on there, as far as various missions that are available on there, there's quite a few things uh, that are listed on there, of course. Um, and so definitely take a look at uh, Capcom's website on there. Um, I know there was a little bit of back and forth concern from Xbox fans of the game regarding receiving the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, downloadable content. And obviously it's a promotional thing between Sony and Capcom. And so I'm sure if they're really concerned about bringing something comparable to Xbox fans of the game on there that uh, they would be able to go ahead and uh, do something for that. But well, they're making a Master Chief armor. <laughs> there you go. You can do that. They can give the heavy bow gun, uh, the Gears of War skin that makes it look like that. Uh, what's that gun with the chainsaw at the end of it? I forget what they call it. I don't it. know what it's called. Uh, but they could do they could do stuff like that. So you know, there's options out there. There's there's things that could happen. For sure. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, my wife was kind of not really exposed to just the way Twitter and the little war, like we mentioned before, between you know Xbox fans and PlayStation fans. I mean, there was like some gay station stuff being mentioned, amongst other things. You know, it's just like you know, I'm sitting there trying to roll my eyes about the whole <laughs> thing about it. So, um, but you know, in in the end, I'm sure Capcom wants to support all fans of this game, regardless of the console that you own on there. So if uh, I know Microsoft, I know uh, Phil Spencer commented and congratulated Capcom on their sales success with this game. This game has shipped 6 million copies. It's Capcom's fastest selling game ever in their history. So uh, we'll have to see if uh, something's given for um, Xbox fans at that point. So, and uh, looking at the availability of some of the downloadable missions, there's <laughs> A lot of ironic, even mission names like Yaku with that or uh, Chew the Fat. And it looks like you got to fight two great Jagras on there. So, and so there's uh, definitely some downloadable content that will fit all hundred ranks and people of uh, all shape and sizes. So, on this thing. So, I'm glad that uh, Capcom is continuing to support. Uh, this game with additional content on there. Also, the um, PS4 uh, Street Fighter uh, 5 
downloadable content is available. Looks like as of the uh, yesterday on there. So uh, is it available? I thought it was. I thought it was only available uh, early. The Street Fighter was available early for people who had saved data and it was going to come out on Tuesday. Or, oh, on the twenty third, yeah, there was a little asterisk. I didn't yeah. go down and take a look at the asterisk. So I was like, "What? Yeah, available for that? Well, guess what? I think I might have to boot up my uh, Street Fighter Five. <laughs> I don't have it. So I'm just like, <laughs> you want it though, right? You want it. okay? I would, I would, I, I you know, maybe I might have to. No, it'll it'll be free for everybody. So I don't, I don't gotta go super crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It'll be free on Tuesday. Maybe if, if you want, um, you could sign on using uh, my PSN. Um, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And uh, put the save data. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And other news this week, last news story of the day of this episode. Um, I noticed that Ubisoft was doing something kind of cool with Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, they have a Discovery Tour mode. It's coming out on February 20th on there. Um, it is going to feature 75 tours of Egyptian history and culture on there. So basically in the game on there, it's a free update on all platforms on there. Uh, the mode is dedicated to teaching players about ancient uh, Egyptian history and culture, and it will feature 75 different guided tours exploring the different facets of Egypt. On there, the mode in the game will let players explore and discover more about Egypt's culture at their own pace, and the five main themes will guide players through each of the tours based on the subjects of Egypt, the pyramids, Alexandria, Egyptian daily daily life, and Romans. On there, each of the tours range from about the five to 25 minutes in length and players can also choose from their own avatars from a roster of 25 to use while exploring in the mode from characters in Assassin's Creed origins like Bayek and Aya to historical figures like Cleopatra and Caesar that make an appearance in the game. Players can also uh, utilize photo mode to take pictures during their explorations and discovery mode um, tour mode to capture the landscapes of Egypt on there while the mode will even feature some new achievements and trophies for players to unlock. Although no other rewards or in-game bonuses will be offered on there. So Assassin's Creed Origins is now available for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and the new Discovery Tour mode feature will be introduced on February 20th. So almost like going to a museum right in the game. It's kind of crazy. That is cool. Pretty cool. I've been meaning to get to that game because, uh, you know, I have it in my backlog and I am going to get to it. I know it's, uh, you know, I've had a particular guy on fall on Twitter have been t- tweeting the Xbox One X version of the game and the photos and everything looks gorgeous. So yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. And I think it's a uh, give kudos for Ubisoft to throwing something educational in their games. I mean, on here and then you, you're going to bait me with some achievements. I might go actually play through it, you know, who knows? So, mm-hmm. all right. But uh, that concludes our news section for this episode. Well, thank you so much for those news nuggets, sir. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, no problem. And once again, we're we're drawing to the coming to the end of this week's episode. But before we go, we want to hit you with our contact information. All three of us are on the Twitter sphere. You can hit us up. Joe is at Joe Fongul, J O E F O N G U L. I am at Shonuff71, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. And Dez is at the Nemo 6, T-H-E-N-E-M-O, the number 6. You can also hit us up on console where we can be, our PlayStation IDs are 
Kamunagara. That's Joe's K A M U N A G A R A. I am Shonuff Seven S H O N U Double F. The number seven, and Dez is Nemo Tigger N E M O T Double G R. Uh, Joe can also be found on Xbox. Uh, if you know, uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, my Xbox Live subscription is actually running out on March 15th, so I'm in a furious debate whether I need to, uh, you know, still sail the seas of Xbox Live or just stay as a silver member and uh, mm-hmm. not even pretend. But Joe's Xbox Gamer Tag is. Mr. Fawn Ghoul, M-R-F-O-N-G-U-L. And I can be found at Shonuff071, S-H-O-N-U-F-F-071. Our game nights, as usual, are going to be on our every Thursday, uh, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can find us on the PlayStation Network at the PSN IDs that we that were just mentioned a moment before. Uh, hit us up uh, either on Twitter or our PlayStation Net on our PSN IDs. Let us know what you want to play, uh, what games you're interested in. We either already have it or we'll be able to acquire those games and jump in on a game night and play with you. Uh, fair enough to say, barring uh, listener feedback, uh, the game is going to be Monster Hunter. Uh, I, I can just about, I'd be willing to bet my last dollar on that. <laughs> Again, barring uh, uh, listener feedback. Uh, so please join us uh, on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, kick back and just slay some monsters with us or whatever game you'd like to play uh, and uh, give us the privilege of interacting, interacting with you online, our listeners. So with that, that's going to bring this episode of Gaming Vessels to a close, season two, episode five. We want to again want to thank you all for taking the time to uh, listen and enjoy our, our little uh, discussions regarding our favorite gaming hobby. Um, uh, I would be remiss uh, if I did not mention that uh, uh, thoughts and prayers are to those uh, survivors uh, from this uh, this shooting that took place in Florida. I'm not going to get into a whole lot about it, but... Um, you know, there are evil people do evil things. And um, uh, while, yes, thoughts and prayers are very are very much important. Uh, come me as a Christian looking uh, in scripture along with those prayers, God calls us to action. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, action needs to be taken because that is what our responsibility is in this, in this world that we live in. So, uh, hearts go out to, hearts go out to those who are dealing with that situation right now in Florida, but we are going to wrap this episode up as, uh, again, thanks for joining us. I am Kevin, AKA Shonuff 71. 
He is Des the Bay Area Terror, the Nemo Six. And that is Joe, Joe Fangul, the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back at you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye.